I've got I've got 28 demos. <laughs> I think it's good to have lots of demos and then you can't really go wrong yeah because you've got your demos and you can just talk about them and like show and tell it it's quite easy then isn't it yeah it is whereas if you're trying to like do a thing that you've written and it's like kind of delivering a speech i i actually find that if i practice it does my head in <laughs> should we go then yeah, who's my turn to, uh, to, um, to introduce? I think them. so. I've got confused, but sure. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Creative Coding Podcast, episode 21. With me. With me, Ian Lobb. <laughs> with, with you, <laughs> Ian Lobb. And, and you, Seb. This is not the best intro, is it, that we've done? <laughs> no. It's, it's quite late. We're both quite tired. Yeah. You've been at a conference. I have. I've been conferencing it up in Amsterdam. I'm preparing for one right now. Yeah, you're doing Flash Game Summit. It's all very exciting. Yeah. It's packing night tonight. I'm like, it's all seeming very real now. Printing my tickets out and all that stuff. So it's cool. Yeah. Sorry. How was uh, FITC Amsterdam? Well, it's it was really good. I was there. I have to admit, though, this is quite a bad admission that I didn't really see anything. <laughs> Don't say that. So. I can, well, I can say that. That's the truth. I've got to be honest. I only arrived on uh, Monday night and on Tuesday morning I, I had a 90 minute slot. Uh, and then in Tuesday afternoon I had to interview. Uh, I had that presentation, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yep. Um, and then in the evening I had dinner with some people and went partying and that was it really. Yeah. But there seemed to be a very good vibe at the conference. I'll say that. Cool. Speaking of conferences, I just saw the the Flash on the Beach name change thing just now on my Twitter feed. Yes. What do you think of that? Um, what's what is it now? It used to be Flash on the Beach. Reasons to be creative. Reasons to be creative. Mm, it's going to have to grow on me, to be honest. I'm not sure. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't scan that well, does it? Reasons to be creative. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not no. a bad name. It's all right. Flash on the beach is just so impactful, though, isn't it? Flash on the beach. Yeah, it's like a lot of single syllable words there. In, <laughs> yeah, in a so it is. Yeah, boom, 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 yeah. boom. Um, reasons to be creative. I'm guessing it's a play on the Ian Jerry song, right? Reasons to be reasons cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful, yeah, I'd imagine yeah, so. So yeah. reasons to be creative. One, two, three. Oh, and, and those reasons are design. Yeah, design, inspire. <laughs> code right i, I don't you know go. you know what i haven't spoken to john about it at all so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit sad really that there's no flash on the beach now though flash is still a thing there should be something else to replace it there should be some what do you mean something to replace flash on the beach something with flash in the title yeah you think you think there should still be a flash conference yes there should flash is awesome or something it should be called okay <laughs> Or Flash Gaming Summit. That's a good idea for a name. Where on earth did you get that idea? I don't know. I don't think it will, it's going to take off. What? Flash Games Summit. It just sounds weird. Well, never... I think this is the fourth year, so <laughs> 500 attendees. Oh, I thought you just came up with that. No. <laughs> so, yeah, the other reason I'm so tired is because I, I couldn't sleep in the hotel. It was so dodgy. And, and obviously, thanks for your sympathy on Twitter. 
Was there a pee under your mattress? Head? <laughs> it was. It was all dippy, you know, and there's like dips. No, what was the real reason that you couldn't sleep? That was the real reason. There was like there were dips what? in the bed. There's a dip in your bed. Like all the springs had Sam, gone and stuff. I can sleep anywhere. Can you? Oh man, you're so lucky. But I'm just tired all the time. It's because I've got kids. You see, you just knackered all the time if you've got kids. You got kids. Oh, you got kids. Yeah. Yeah. You're just constantly tired. Oh man, I'm so glad I don't have kids. I would just be the grumpiest <laughs> guy in the world. <laughs> like, I'm so bad with sleep deprivation. That's the problem. Mm. I'm the worst. But yes, today, a very special show, because while I was at FITC Amsterdam, on the second day in the afternoon, I got to interview Mr. Doob, Ricardo Cabello. I think it's pronounced Cabello, right? It's uh, I don't know. spelt Cabello, but I'm guessing because he's Spanish, it would be Cabello, just like Carlos Ulloa. Like, Double L right. turns into Y, right? Like Paella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But I, ke- I introduced him as Ricardo Cabello. <gasps> That's that's kind of oh, bad, isn't right. it? You probably get away with it. Yeah. But before we run that, is there anything you wanted to talk about? Not really. Oh, no. We'll get into it next time. When I come back, we'll when I come back we'll talk about what I what I talked about, what my session was all about and stuff. Yeah. Because I've been doing a whole load of research into hardware accelerated 2D things mm. like Canvas and Stage 3D and such. So plenty to talk about then, I'm guessing. Yeah. Cool. Cool, let's go into the interview then. Yeah. Um, Can't wait to hear it. All right, cool. So here we go. Here it is. Mr. Doob, also known as Ricardo Cabello. What can I say about him, really? He's an expert creative coder. Very difficult to pin down. It's kind of like a sort of, what what is it? It's like the Yeti or something. He's that rare, but he does actually exist, and we've managed to get him here. So I'm really delighted. You know, he's like one of the best creative coders I know. He kicked ass in Flash. And now he's kicking ass in JavaScript. Let's hear it for Mr. Doob, Ricardo Cabello. Thanks. Thanks. Nice to see you. Look, we've even got cappuccino. It's all right. It's quite civilized. It's working, working, working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's all it's all good, right? Testing. Testing one, two, one, two, one, two. I used to. I used to play in a band, so I'm used to that sort of. Oh, tell me all that. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's all about you today, Ricardo. Okay. So, so perhaps we could just start off like that. How did you get into this career? Um, as a coder, programmer, just all things in the beginning. Yeah. What is actually? What is your career? You're a coder, right? I, I guess. So, how did you get in where you are now? Well, I guess I guess uh, professionally, I started working as a designer, but. Uh, like for a company in, in London, I did some work before, but for a company in London that we were doing like a, a websites in like one, one week for a small company, like a small, small company that needs a website, something like really, really, really cheap. And we'll spend one week just doing that. And in that week, we'll, we'll have something like one day for doing like a, a header in Flash. And that was like, you know, I was starting to code a little bit uh, on those like single days every week. And from there, like, okay, I need this library, I need this other thing, and a little bit from, from there to there to there, and then until I'd, after three years in that company, then I quit, and then I went to high res to do, like, four massive uh, Flash websites. Sure, so, so were, you, were you purely a designer before that? Yeah, yeah, it was mainly design. But okay. then it's just like, okay, we need something, and I can do some Flash. Had, had you not done any coding before that? PHP, but, you know. 
That still counts, right? Yeah. That's... But you had no formal training in programming. No, you were a designer and you ended up being a coder. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm interested in is, make, is encouraging other designers to become coders. Mm -hmm. So is there any sort of advice that you've got for, for designers who might be interested in dabbling a little bit in the, the clever typing, as I call it? Well, I guess, I guess one of the reasons why I started coding is, is I used to do, I always mention it that I used to do demos, like demos with other people where I will be the guy doing the design and then there will be another guy doing the coding. So I will, I will basically depend on this other guy doing the coding to, like, let's say, I, we need this effect, or we need this other thing, we need this tool. And then at that point, at some point, those people got tired of me. And I need to figure out, like, I will find another guy, and then he will get, get tired of me again. And then at some point, OK, I'll call myself, whatever. And when you start to code those things, like, you start, you know, you are the designer that wants to make something work. So you, you have the idea, and you code that thing. And then from there, you have an, on the process of doing that effect or whatever, you have another idea for the next thing, and your list will like, continuously pile up of things and ideas and ideas yeah. and ideas. So it's just, it's just a matter of, like, having a, thing that you want to do. It doesn't really matter if you know how to code or not. You just have one idea of one effect that you want to do, and then do it, that you have done, and then another one, and another one. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds like, to me, uh, the kind of process that a designer's used to going through, right? Just iterations and trying stuff yeah. and being inspired. So do you think that maybe designers can make sometimes the best creative coders? Probably, yes. <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 don't, I don't think I have met a programmer that moved into design and he was, you know, like really open-minded about the whole what I'm going to do. Like at the beginning, like when I was when I was working with those people, uh, the coders they will have like a 3D engine and they will have a, a, a cube spinning, and I was like, okay, now you have a cube spinning. What about just playing some with some values to see what you can get? Like, no, 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 it works. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm going to have it pink, maybe. <laughs> Do you think maybe there's like a control element there? You know, as a designer, you wanted better control of how your projects ended up. Yeah, yeah, in my case, it was like that. But when I have that idea done, I need to learn how to code myself. If it's a really good benefit for designers to learn to code because you are very limited by the tools that you're using. You're using, the say, Photoshop, whatever, you can do as much as you can do with Photoshop. But there are like so many tasks in Photoshop or any other tool that you can code like a small tool yourself that it will save you weeks and weeks just by doing like a simple loop. I guess, I guess it, you end up like that because you become lazy of having to repeat the same task all the time, so you, you have to learn to code because you, you can be bothered to do that task again and again. I think, I think once you get into that mindset of figuring out the laborious jobs that computers should be really good at, and you're yeah. doing them yourself, and you're a human. It's like, exactly. no, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> so you ended up at high res. How long ago was that? Five years, six, five years, maybe. Seems like longer than that, surely. I know, yeah. Well, five actual years is like 20 internet years, right? Yeah. So it was 20 internet years ago, you, <laughs> you worked at Hi-Res, so you were just building these crazy big <coughs> flash website things. Yeah, it was, uh, when I joined in at Hi-Res, I think I, the first, first project was something like one month long, then the second project was something like three months long, then the last project, the, the third project was something like one year long, so I didn't want to work, I didn't want to work on the fourth one because <laughs> it was going to be like two years or something, and I, I, I just couldn't do something like that. Sure. I mean, it was, it was very well known as a, a, a really 
creative agency. There's a lot of cutting edge, very trendy looking flash work coming yeah. out of that. The reason I ended up working for, for Hydrate was because I, I was a really, uh, I really loved the Requiem. They did a website a long time ago for Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream, I don't know how to pronounce it. This uh, Darren Aronofsky movie from 2001, something like that. Requiem, Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Anyway, uh, so they did this website, um, which basically was just like a, like a normal, normal website for a movie, but they had the idea that uh, they will buy different domains, so the website won't sit on just one domain. You will, have to, you will click somewhere that you will go to another domain that is related to this, uh, to this uh, whole promotion of the movie, which to that point, in, like, it shocked me. Like, oh, of course, you can just buy many domains just for doing one website. Why not? And you know, that kind of thinking, like thinking outside the box, it was really in what attracted me to go to work there. And then right. while working on there, there was, it was probably the first company that I was working with, the people that was there, it was like very passionate about the work. Which until then, it was just working with people that would do the, the nine hours and then go home and do whatever. But then on there, it was, it was really, really inspiring being there. What you left IRS, did you, what did you did you have another job or did you just go freelance or? I think while I was working at Hires, I, I was doing I was working at Hires during the day and then at night I was starting to put experiments on my side just for no real reason. Just we'll try this thing with Flash and then put it on my side and that as a like late night kind of thing and then wake up like three hours later and go to work and that kind of you know, the usual thing. And then at some point there were some people, some clients, let's call them people, that they were calling me for doing projects. That that's, those projects were like more interesting than what I was doing at high rates. And then at some point, it was like, okay, I think I, I can, there is enough people requesting stuff that they can just quit high rates and then continue as freelancing. Sure. Uh, at the same time that I was living high rates, it was the same time when I kind of, uh, I got asked to do some experiments in JavaScript. Which at that point I was like, I don't know if that's really, you know, is JavaScript what you can do? Yeah. So I, I did those and then I somehow I saw like I, I really want to continue pushing in JavaScript and see where I can go and only working on JavaScript. Right. And it was like, a, it was at the same time that I was living high risk. I was like, okay, no more Flash and then let's continue with JavaScript and the experimentation and what I've been usually doing. It strikes me that you kind of, you made that decision quite a long time before a lot of other Flash people. I, I mean, I, I obviously started looking at JavaScript quite seriously, and, and that was maybe a couple of years ago, and that seems, and that still seems like before a lot of people, but I think you were even before me, right? Yeah. The last year that I was in, in high-res, it's all like very nerdy. I, I just want, I, I, got tor I got tired of, of Windows and Mac OS, uh, crashing or whatever, and I didn't, I didn't like the whole idea of having to pay for something that then crashes. So at one, at the last year, I decided to move to Linux. And then on Linux, I had the problem that I, I wasn't really able to develop or, or produce or like uh, do easily flash websites, that, that what I had to do on a daily basis for, for the job. Yeah. Uh, which I managed to find like with Flash SDK, Flex SDK, and uh, with uh, FTT, I managed to set up something, and I was doing something like to, I managed to get something working. But the player wasn't too good, so you know, the experience wasn't really amazing, to say, to say the least. But then when I did those experiments in JavaScript, and I, I saw myself coding in, 
gedit or like you know notepad or something like super simple and without any kind of uh, recompilation times or compilation times so or like I really want to you know spend all my time on this yeah so so I don't depend on anything if I need any kind of library or anything I'll do it by myself and I will push uh, this work somehow sure so you you ditched not only Windows but Mac OS X as well and did just work purely in Linux yeah um, so I guess that's that's part of your kind of philosophy about open source as well, yeah. right? It so, goes together. Huh? It goes together. Yeah. More or less. And and so is that part of the attraction of of like JavaScript as opposed to Flash that it's more of a, a, an open standard? Um, well, it it's, it's obviously has the benefit that you can go to any website and right click and and see the source. But that point is not so valid when you start to, you know, compress it and minimize it and all that. But still. You can you have the code there, and if you if you want, you know, I what I was doing at, at that time it was doing this effect, and then uh, share the source file so people can, you know, whatever I was learning, other people could also learn and all that. And it was it got to be a little bit a little bit of a pain because you had to upload the SWF and also uh, yes, <laughs> I almost forgot. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so you had to load those two, and then whenever someone find a bug or something, that okay, I cannot modify this. I need to go to my desktop and then modify, like fix it, and then upload both of the files. And the way it is now, I just upload one JavaScript file, and if there is some problem, I edit from anywhere the JavaScript file, and that's sure. it. Just want to show um, a video of uh, your what was your thing with the space thing and the planets and stuff? Seriously? Yeah. Uh, or this, this? Yeah, that's it. So this was, um, this is quite old now, isn't it? Uh, Seems old. Maybe it's only like a year, but of course that's like 10 years in internet time. Maybe three years. Three years ago. So this was, uh, and this was all done in Canvas, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's just turn this down for a bit. We can talk about this, because I think it was um, pretty groundbreaking at the time, right? This was like, Three years ago, and this is all done with Canvas, and I presume this was like the birth of 3.js, right? Uh, yeah, I think I think this was an excuse to put 3.js onto the test because I've been working for that like for some months, and then I was like, maybe I can do this thing to see if I can, if it's you know, just to test the library and see how it works. Yeah. There was this event on which I used to go all the time in North Spain, where there was this competition. And my girlfriend was organizing the event, so uh, as a surprise, I used her music uh, to do this thing in like the previous night. I was like, okay, let's release something that she doesn't know, and then she will see it. Uh, but yeah, it was really quickly. It was like a couple of days or something. Just one night. Yeah, one night. So the problem I have with those things is that if you see that as a, as a video itself, it's, it's a really bad video. Yeah, so it's but, like, but in a browser. Yeah, but. No, I mean, I must admit, back then I ran it on my Mac, and it was just like. It it's runs right. so slow, and I guess... But that's a problem, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but in Linux, it ran great. Okay, good. And on Windows. Well. And on Windows, yeah. yeah so It was, a, a, you know, just, to, just a, as a test of, of what it could be done, and then, you know, then I realized that no one has really pushed too much the Canvas thing, and people... And there's a lot of people thinking that this is WebGL at this point. Like, no, yeah. it, was, you know, it was just Canvas. It was just probably, like, six months after that WebGL was starting to to move a little bit. So 3.js, for those who don't know, is like a JavaScript 3D engine, right? A 3D library. Yep. Um, 
and it's got renderers in Canvas, WebGL, a few others as well, right? Yeah. So I, I've, been, I've been working on that for um, maybe seven years or something like that, since the beginning of the code that I, I've been working on. Yeah. And then I was... Was it in JavaScript from seven no, years it, ago? No, it, it was an action script. So it was action script that you converted, yeah. yeah. It was an action script, and then Paper Vision 3D came on, and then we were like, okay, I'll, I'll just try this thing. And then there were things that I didn't like too much about Paper Vision 3D, and then I went back to, to continue with these, like, you know, geometry yeah. separation and things like that that I just yeah. didn't, I thought, I thought it could be done in different ways. Sure. And since then, it was, um, I did some stuff with the 3.js action script version, like uh, some of this. Like, 3.as? Uh, yeah, it was three, well, <laughs> no, it was 3 dupe. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't too much. And then like, converting it to, uh, to JavaScript it was really easy because of the way it was, it was done. But I always really wanted to have it. So it was very, very modular, not, not really like having the whole thing tied to render or anything like that. Because, you know, like on Perfect it was all the materials have, were the ones that were rendering things and kind yeah. of complex stuff. Yeah, so it was sure. in a very modular way. And I'm like, okay, so I have this canvas render, SVG render, or whatever. And so now there's quite a big team of people now. It's not just you, is it? Yeah, it's just, it's just a GitHub kind of type of development. I don't know who is the people that is contributing. <laughs> it is someone just came comes to the project and say, oh, if there is this problem with the collateral order, Please fix it. Okay, we'll put it together, and you know, from there you keep developing it. But there is no kind of team or anything like that. There is there are like a, a, a couple of guys. It's funny because there is, it's it's like myself, like one Spanish guy, then another guy that came in at some point to do the WebGL render, which is a, a guy from Slovakia, mm -hmm. and then a Chinese guy that does the uh, extrusion and things like that. It's just really random people in the world doing, sure. doing the whole thing. Sure. Cool. So, was there any like one project that you did in JavaScript that really seemed to grab everyone's uh, attention? I mean, before the Google work. Before no, the Google. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering how you got uh, Google's attention. Oh, um, it wasn't. It wasn't JavaScript. Well, yeah, it was. Um, you know the Radiohead music video with the particles. Oh thing? yeah. So they um, 3D scanned like Tom York, yeah. and they made all of that. 3D point cloud data available, right? Yeah, so, so that was um, one of the uh, creative lab from Google, creative lab projects, that what, what it was trying to promote was uh, Google code, because they shared the data on Google code, but they also did this music video with uh, all those uh, particles and everything. Uh, so they shared the data, and they also had like one uh, viewer of the head in Flash on the site. And then at that point, they were like, yeah, I think I, it could be a little bit faster. And then I just downloaded the data and did my own viewer of, the, of that head. And then the guy that did that, Aaron Colin, oh, yeah. saw it. And then he was like, from there, we're like, oh, we're doing this other project with Flash, and maybe you want to help. And from there, it was on and on and on. So you first got their attention working in Flash? Yeah. OK, cool. And so I guess that started a collaboration with Aaron Koblen that has sort of continued to, to today, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. So it was, it was that, and then it was afterwards it was the Johnny Cash project, which it was also Flash, but then since then it was all like JavaScript, like how sure. JavaScript stuff. So was the first project after Johnny Cash, was that the, uh, the Arcade Fire project? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So should we have a quick look at that? Sure. Brilliant. Actually, right. the, the, the Arcade Fire project was, the, the Galaxy thing was done 
at the same time that their KFIF. It was just one of those nights that I didn't feel like doing their KFIF project. Oh, really? So you're just <laughs> and like... And you did something else because, you know... I'm just taking time off from this really <laughs> boring arcade project. I'm sure you do that. Like, I'm, supposed to don't, I'm supposed to be doing this thing, but I'm going to do this other thing, which is also helpful. But sometimes that can help to sort of clear the creative process, I guess, can't it? Reset, as they say. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, I thought it was a good theory. Right, let's have a look <laughs> at this project then. Cool, so this project was like highly customizable, wasn't it? So yeah, it was a, a mashup with Google Maps. You put your home address in when you were a kid and it would fly around that point. So there's loads of different things all going on here, right? Yeah, the, the really interesting like the real, really new thing about this project was the fact that it was a music video that it was tied to yourself. You will put your address, and, you, and the whole, all those maps will be based on the, the address that you put. So it will be like very. There is this kind of emotion that you get whenever you go to Google and you see different places that you used to live, and you know it was playing with that kind of idea. Yeah. Uh, but also it was, you know, again it was a mix of things. It was making a music video for the band, and also showing what HTML5 can do, which is what Google wanted to do at that point. Yeah, and of course, loads of pop-up windows. Um, I didn't, you know, some people didn't like that, but I think it's mostly developers that didn't like that. Right, right. And normal people, normal people uh, seem to be okay with that. Yeah, I guess it was. So it was but the... it, it annoyed me at the beginning, too. Right, but sure, it, but then sure. you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess it's... Um, were you consciously aware of doing things that maybe you couldn't do in Flash before? Like, what do you mean? I guess with like, it would have been difficult to do lots of pop-up windows in Flash, wouldn't it? Or yeah, um, maybe the Google Maps thing might have been a bit trickier. Uh, there were many things, like, like from the JavaScript that was on the background, you're, con you're, you know, you're opening a window and then you can have the code directly. You have like the access to that window and whatever yeah. it's inside. It's, it was really powerful in this way to, to be able to do everything in JavaScript. Sure. Uh, but yeah, some people may usually ask like, why wasn't it better to do it in Flash? But uh, you know, missing the point and, and <laughs> so, also. So what is the point like, really? That you know, showing missing. what HTML5 can, can do. Yeah, okay. sure. Great. And so there's like lots of different elements. I guess there was the video. Was the video what was playing the audio? Is that what everything was synced to? Um, which which video? Wasn't there like one window which had like? Well, just tell me how you made the audio and everything sync together. It, it's the same code from the previous from the Galaxy thing. It's just a sequencer.js, mm. like maybe 150 lines or something. It's really tiny and it's just really simple. You just you have like a an array that you keep adding things. Like I'm gonna add this thing that is gonna go from this second to this second, and then you just hit. You just execute like sequence.play, sure. and that will make sure that everything is, is like uh, working on the time and, and removing the effects that you shouldn't be saving and all those things. But it's, sure. I don't know, it's a really, uh, it's one of those libraries that I have on GitHub that I never put any normal examples so people don't really know exactly what it's supposed to be for, but it's a really useful thing. Yeah, yeah, sure, great. So has anyone asked any questions on Twitter? If I check now and there's none, then I'll just look really stupid. Let's just do it. Let's just have a look. One new interaction. Oh. OK, so cool. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about your process now. There's certain things that you've said to me in the past that have just made me think, 
This guy is really dedicated to this. Well, let's call it an art. Why not? We can be pretentious. We can call it an art. You're really dedicated to your art. You know, I think the first time was maybe a year or two ago when you, you told me, oh, I'm just going to, on holiday. And I was like, oh, great, where are you going? And you were like, Reykjavik, was it? Iceland or oh, something? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard it's really pretty there. And you said, well, actually, I'm just going to stay in my hotel and do coding. I just need to, to get away for a bit. What's the, what's the reasoning behind that? And do you still do that? I want to do it again, but the reason I, it was uh, Reykjavik is because, it's because the, the market collapsed, so the, the hotels were really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like two weeks on, on, a, on the hotel for like 200 pounds or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, nice that you can take uh, advantage of but uh, it was, it Iceland's was, poor economy. <laughs> it just happened to be at that time. It, didn't, sure. it wasn't planned. Mm -hmm. I was just looking for cheap hotels. Oh, okay. And so you just wanted to get away from your normal life and... Yeah, it was, it was an interesting thing to do. It was really weird thing, like just to sitting on your room with the laptop trying to do something. I didn't even have anything planned of what I was supposed to be doing, but uh, it actually did some, like, a, a display list kind of thing for Android, which I never really used. But, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting thing to just to sit and it was more or less at the same time that I was going freelancing, so, you know, you will think, so what do you want to do, and you know, what, how are you going to use your time, and all that. But, um, I was already, I, it was the second time that I was in Reykjavik, uh, on Iceland, so I, I really saw the things, it's not that uh, it was the first time I didn't go to the spa or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, so you've done the tourist bit, next time it was just a code retreat, I think I'll yeah. call it. Um, okay, cool, so now do you um, still, you seem very focused on what you're doing, and, and I know there's been certain times when I've invited you to come to an event or something like that, and you're like, no, I've got to do my coding. Is, is it difficult for you to maintain that sort of focus on your work? Well, I guess it's difficult, like, for everyone. Yeah. But, uh, but it's... Yes. Just with, especially with Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, the main problem is, is uh, any time that you have to go to an event, you are losing, like, almost a week. Like, but before the like with all the traveling and everything, concentration and everything. But it's even more complicated whenever there is some client saying, "Oh, can we have a chat about something?" Like, no, I, I, sorry, and you send me an email with whatever you need, and then I'll read it, and then if it's interesting. So you don't talk client. to clients? Uh, not new clients. No, not new clients. No. Do you ever? If there is something really interesting, and then we do it, then we 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 can call. But otherwise, it's just you know. It stops what you're doing and, you know. Oh, we have a question. Look at that. How was it to work with a music art artist on the Wilderness Downtown Arcade Fire project? Uh, Did you have close I, connection with Arcade Fire? No. No. We never met or anything no. like that. Like, they also met and they, they, they sell the idea and everything and I was just the guy just... Sure. So it was, um, uh, was Chris Milk involved yeah. in that one? So Chris Milk presumably was like the artistic director, yeah, yeah. And Aaron was... Uh, Chris and Aaron, more or less, were like uh, leading the whole creation, uh, yeah. creative direction. And sure. Chris was the one that had the contact with the band, and they had the, he had the relation with the band and kind of brought the band to the project. Okay, well, we've got about ten minutes left. I'm just going to run <laughs> the uh, three dreams of Black project, the Rome project, but we can probably just talk about this while it's going. Sure. Um, because I'm, you know, I'm quite interested. I guess you've all seen this, right? It's uh, the uh, uh, Danger Mouse and uh, 
uh, Nora Jones, there's quite a few, uh, Daniel Lippi as well, yeah. right? So there's quite a few artists involved and, uh, uh, and, and I guess there was a huge team behind this as well, this interactive yeah. video. If compared to the Wilderness downtown, I think it was worth uh, four developers, something like this. On this one, it was something like seven or eight developers already, but also there was a lot of people doing uh, modeling and, and animation of the animals and everything. So it was maybe like 100 people work on this project. Uh, so yeah, so the, the bit before this was like sort of 3D video, right? And then it went into WebGL. So the 3D sort of panoramic video, how did you do that? It's just really simple panorama thing, like with the like cylinder, the projection, and everything. But um, probably the trickiest thing was trying to work with the anim the two D animator to somehow do something that fits with the style, and and then it was a real, really big challenge because the, the director had the idea that he wanted to mix three D elements, like three D sections with two D sections, and we were all the time thinking like, but you know, this is supposed to be interactive, like how. How do you do, like, you're supposed to be moving the mouse and how you, like, on the 3D, you can move the mouse around, but what do you do in the 2D? And some of the ideas was just that, like, okay, let's put it on a, you know, kind of panorama, you can move around a little bit. Yeah. Are there any questions in the audience? <laughs> Stick your hand up if you've got a question and we'll find a microphone yes. for you. Yes, there's one at the back there. It's okay, yes, what's your name? Uh, Andy, and uh, I noticed I saw on Google had some animations which start here. Mm, it was more 2D animations, but I looked in the code and it was used this uh, 3DGS, but for 2D animations, which looked really, it was the most performant liquid flesh-like animations, like this from Google. Um, start here like demonstrations of the uh, oh for the maps thing yeah exactly that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. i mean well you the 2d is just basically like a plane that is looking at the camera so you only need to a camera moving the stuff around but uh but I, it should be i don't know i i actually haven't looked at the code on that on that thing but i did notice that it was using three but it's it should be there is this uh, autographic camera which is supposed to be for like making 2d stuff or like no, isometric stuff. The only, the, the only benefit that I see there is that you can switch uh, from Canvas to WebGL depending if the machine has it, and so it's going to perform like a more smoothly or less smoothly depending on the support. I don't know if that answers your question. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Any more questions in the room? Twitter. Twitter, okay. All right, Twitter. Come on then, Twitter, let's see. Is Flash still a weapon of choice? That's an excellent question. What do you uh, think? I don't know. Like, I, it doesn't, still doesn't work on Linux, so I just want to work on Linux. Do you think that's really important? For me, it is. Yeah. I want to use Linux. Okay. Uh, for other people, I don't know. It's up to them, but I, yeah. I don't know. That's I, okay. So I guess that makes it easy for you personally because it doesn't work on your operating system. And Unity 3D doesn't work either. Yeah, right. So. so you're I'm, stuck with WebGL and JavaScript. This is, this is why, I, why I do all those libraries, because there is nothing, nothing else. I need to keep building so I can do what other people are doing with Unity 3D or Flash or all that. Sure. We've got another Twitter question. Look at this. We want some golden tips to overcome typical JS issues, like the hiccup due to garbage collection, missing option to lock Canvas before a refresh, et cetera, I'm guessing. Lock canvas before refresh? I guess that That's I guess you want like a bitmap data oh. lock equivalent, right? But 
you don't, do you even need that in Canvas? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know if you do even need that in Canvas. Um, I guess with garbage collection, maybe yeah. just recycle? In my case, I don't really have problems with garbage collection, but what I have problems is that the machines that I use are a little, a little bit slow. Yeah. So the, the timer in that machine is not too smooth. So all that, the animation is not going to be like super smooth. It's going to be a little bit tricky. So I don't really, probably that's hiding the problem with the garbage collection in my case. But mm. usually that there's not so much problem. Just the only uh, thing to do is just try to avoid create objects all the time. Just, just, if you can reuse one object all the time for any, I don't know, vector 2D or vector 3D kind of thing, only all, with, all the time reuse things so the garbage, the garbage collection doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, and that's kind of the same with Flash as well, isn't it? I guess. So would you have, I mean, I guess there's a lot of, uh, a lot of Flash developers here in the room who might be considering or have started working in JavaScript. Is there any advice to help with the, you know, what were the sort of real, like, uh, like Tim said, are there, were there any sort of real issues that you had early on that you managed to overcome that you might be able to help people with if they're going through that journey now? Um. Well, there is, there is the, the issue that whenever you're doing action stuff, you create, I don't know who I mentioned this already, uh, you create a, a, like a for loop, like a usual for loop that you're going to create objects, and then you do like object.id equals the, the iterator from that loop. And that on JavaScript doesn't work, because at the end, you'll, you'll have all the objects ID is going to be 1,000. Yeah. So whenever you get to that point, you just need to rethink how you're doing those things. It's not, it doesn't work with the ActionScript way anymore. I think a lot uh, of uh, ActionScript has kind of struggled to go, uh, to go back, I suppose, to a non-strictly typed language from AS3 to JavaScript. Is that something you had trouble with? Not no? really. No? I, I kind of liked it. It's, it's, because at, at the end of, at the end of uh, all the stuff that I was doing with Flash, you end up like extending and extending and going through functions and functions, and the whole thing becomes super complex. Used to do like a simple, you know, if you, I actually don't, actually don't remember too much, but just for doing a, a, a simple experiment, I had to extend something already. It's not something that I just can just code something and that works and that's it. It was yeah. that layer of complexity. Was a little bit, I didn't really miss it too much. Really. Yeah, sure. OK, cool. Uh, probably got time for one more question in the room. If someone wants to put their hand up, I'll keep an eye out. Um, but someone's asking on Twitter, which Linux distro? Please don't tell me you roll your own. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. Uh, Ubuntu by now. Uh, but I'm trying Fedora too, but Ubuntu. It's good. You should try it. Cool. Any uh, one, uh, final questions? Hey. The Harmony thing, is it something Google asks you to do, or is it your personal project? Oh, it's a personal project, yeah. What, is what, it something uh, you want to uh, dig a little bit deeper? Like, uh, like 2D drawing and stuff like this, rather than 3D? Is it something you'd like to explore further? Kind of create new uh, tools of expressing yourself, you know? Like, uh, like create some tools, basically, for designers. Ah uh, yeah 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 that, that was one of the things like uh, that uh, that project was um, uh, it came from a, a, a tool from a guy called C Frank that he had an algorithm that it will do that thing but you will draw something and then there was a post processing that it will create that thing and then at that point I was like oh what about if if we can have it on real time so by the time you are drawing it's also doing the whole shading okay. and so it was just a, also a one night test of let's see what it can do and then. Like continue the next the next night doing more like uh, different uh, 
styles of brushes and stuff like that. The thing about that project is that um, it's not supposed to work, but it works. Like, it basically, any time that you're adding, you are adding a line, you are continuously creating, adding more points and points to an array. So that's supposed to crash at some point, because you, you are checking all the, all the points every time you are doing a line, but it doesn't, it doesn't crash. It's one of those things that if you were like a normal coder, like a, like a professional, like, you know, like with background coder, you wouldn't even try, because it's not supposed to. to OK, work. we've got a couple of Twitter things about WebGL, particularly regarding Internet Explorer. Do you care about Internet Explorer? No. No. Well, there you go. <laughs> Right, so that's easy. Um, it, does, it doesn't work on Linux. It doesn't work on Linux, <laughs> so there you go. It, it makes your life very easy when it comes to these decisions, right? Yeah, but basically what I'm, what I'm trying to do is like create content. So, so I mean, the, the, it needs to be more people than not just me. But create content so in the end you make Internet Explorer irrelevant. So you need a modern browser to see the new content. Sure. Basically. So build WebGL and hope that IE dies out. OK, well, it's I think we're, the only solution. we're pretty much out of time. I'm sorry about that. But I, I don't know about you guys, but I've really enjoyed getting to know Ricardo a little bit better. I hope it's, uh, it's been enjoyable for you guys as well. But let's hear it for Ricardo Cabello. Thank you. Who? <laughs> oh, well. Yet another great episode, uh, another great interview in the bag. Thanks, Ian. I like that one. Did you? It's good to hear it from Mr. Do because he's someone that you see his work all the time, but you very rarely hear him talk. Yeah. I remember the first time I met him, well, I've only met him once, actually, and it was while he was still kind of incognito. Yes. Like he had a secret identity. <laughs> and Yeah, Carlos uh, introduced me to him in the bar somewhere once, and he's like, and this is... Ricardo, whatever, and I was like, oh. and he's like, Mr. D. I was like, oh. He, he does seem to, like, as I've known, I've known him for a few years now, and I'm sure he's coming out of his shell a little bit, you know? Mm. He seems somehow taller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's photoshopped <laughs> his face back onto his Twitter picture. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it was just blank for a it while, was, wasn't yeah. it? Like some strange Doctor Who alien. But yeah, incredibly smart guy, awesome work, and always really impressive work. I thought it was interesting that he was a designer. Mm. I think a lot of creative coders have been put in the design pigeonhole or buckets at some point Yeah. early in their career. And then I think the thing is, it's like you it's possible to be both a coder and a designer. But if you're good at coding, that kind of side tends to take over a bit. Well, I guess you just get used to making your own stuff, don't you? Designers make their own things, though. Do they? <laughs> are we what are we calling out designers they don't design well, no they make they design stuff right but they can't like properly build things can they they make images yeah they make images but we work in interactive media we work in digital i see what you're yeah, saying so you're saying in the context of digital they can only do half of yeah the, they can't finish the job the puzzle and, and like ricardo said you know yeah he, you know i thought it was maybe a control thing but it wasn't just that it was the fact that what I really liked was that he said that he learned to do one technique and that inspired him and then he tried another technique and then that inspired him. So it wasn't just a question of building a designer's vision, like the process mm -hmm. of that coding, that creative coding actually was its own inspiration and led him down paths that he wouldn't have been able to go down if he couldn't code. Yeah. One thing that was kind of quite striking and that I've noticed about my own work recently is that like he does a lot of research things just for no yeah. reason. 
and those things never to return into something good later mm. on. Have you been starting projects and not finishing them? I've been them? doing loads of research. Well, I've been doing, you know, just trying stuff. Yeah. That's the thing, like, since I've, you know, devoted more of my time to being independent and less to client work, I just can go, okay, I'm going to spend today, I'm going to work on something. Mm. Like, today or yesterday, it was um, improved Euler, uh, Euler integrators, right, yeah. for doing time-based game updates, yeah. right? Because I've always done frame-based things because yeah. it always worked for me. But and so it's like I just spent a day, worked it out, did it, and then it's like now I can do that. And so it's like now I'm not scared of that thing anymore. It's like done. Sure. I get it and I have the code. And it's like it's so nice to be able to do that because otherwise you're constantly like if you don't take the time out to just work stuff out and try stuff out, then you're constantly just running away from deadlines. And do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I guess that's how I started this transition away from being someone like an, a developer who just made stuff for other people all the time into well i'm not exactly sure what i am now but i guess it's uh you stop being just a developer and you become like i don't know a consultant or well in my case a trainer or people mm. then sort of maybe it just takes you a bit to the next step doesn't it you're leveling up yeah well for me it's about <laughs> trying to make the best things that i can make and then you know eventually those will be products but yeah I'm not worried about that in the short term that they have to be products right away. Yeah. It's that I'm just getting better mm-hmm. for it's for my own sake, really. So it's good. Cool. Well, another great episode. I hope. I'm, pl- I'm glad you think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Seb, have I ever told you how good this podcast is? It's just oh, really good. It's amazing. Good. I think we're just a bit delirious tonight, aren't we? Yeah. So, yes, welcome to all our new listeners. We're normally a bit more awake, obviously. Have we got new listeners? I think we might do, might we? Like, that Ricardo guy's kind of popular. Are we worthy of a retweet? I bet. I hope we are. I guess it depends whether he liked my questions or not. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got Flash Game Summit coming up. Anything else? Yeah, I've got to go and iron my shirt now, pop my bags and I'm going. Well, have a good trip. Thank you. What, what's going on with you? Of course, at the end of, of March for Norm Coders, it's all sold out. Right. Um, then a couple more conferences in April. But I guess we can talk about that next time. Yeah, we'll do a March episode, won't we? Another yeah, one. Yeah, I'm sure. So. Have a great trip in San Francisco. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> awesome.